Chapter 11, An Open Window, Part 2. Jordan made a face like he'd swallowed a whole bottle of baby food. Then he shot Nix a completely different glance. Whoever had done this was probably still in the house. And if they could do this to a dog to keep it from barking, what would they do to four teenage eyewitnesses? Sarah, Nick said, a little surprised at the authority in her voice. We've got to get out of here. What? No! Nix is right, Jordan said. You can't stay here. Anon Hainsworth is definitely in the building. Nick strode out into the flower bed. Jordan followed. Tiago stood several yards down the walkway, bathed in the glow of the floodlights. He seemed relieved to see everyone alive. Sarah stood in the doorway. Any second, the intruder would grab her from behind. Someone killed Princess, Nick's whisper shouted. I saw them upstairs like two minutes ago. Instead of running into the yard screaming, Sarah stood rigid for a moment, then turned and strode back into the house. In serio? Tiago said. What's she doing? Maybe she has to use the bathroom, Jordan said. One of you call 911, Nick said. She ambled back into the house, trailing soil and uprooted flowers behind her. Sarah? Nix found her in the kitchen, fumbling in a drawer. Did you hear me? Someone's in your house. It's not safe. Yes, I heard you, Sarah shot back. She pulled a two-pronged meat hook out of the drawer. And if he's still up there, he'll be sorry. Jordan arrived at Nix's side, and they shared a we're-the-only-sane-people-in-the-room look. Uh, Sarah? Jordan said. I know you're upset, but what if he has a gun? What if there's more than one? A 16-year-old girl with a kitchen utensil isn't going to exact much vengeance. We should wait until the police... Sarah passed them and started up the stairs. No! Nix and Jordan said together. What was wrong with this girl? Nick's new teenage girls had a tendency to overreact, like spending hours on a bathroom floor after someone calls you fat, but Nix didn't think anyone was emotional enough to go charging to their death over a dog. Nix decided to change tactics. Sarah, you're being stupid. What would your dad say if he knew you were risking your life for no reason? And the police have bulletproof vests, Jordan added. Halfway up the stairs, Sarah spun and pointed the meat fork at him. I didn't ask you guys to come up with me, and I don't care if you all hated Princess, but I'm not going to wait around while a murderer escapes. She practically jogged up the remaining stairs and disappeared around the corner. Tiago? Jordan yelled out to the yard. Haven't you called yet? Give me your phone. Nick scanned the entryway. She needed protection, but didn't trust herself with sharp objects. She pulled a sturdy-looking umbrella out of a stand and headed for the stairs. You're not going up there. She's barking mad. Nix faced Tiago and had to take a breath. His dark eyebrows stretched into a dramatic arching pattern. It was amazing how his face could express anxiety and alarm without distracting a bit from his perfection. In fact, with every new expression, it was like seeing his face for the first time. And the intensity of the gaze that he now fixed on her turned her knees to jello and filled her lungs with hot fudge. Jordan beeping on the cell phone brought her out of her hormonal trance. Yes, Nix would go upstairs and offer what assistance she could, and if she happened to impress Tiago with her reckless bravery, that would be a fringe benefit. And if she was ruthlessly murdered, maybe that would up her social status a bit, or at least make her more interesting. Better to be a martyr slain in the defense of a friend than a loser who cowered downstairs while the beauty of the high school met her demise. Nix ascended the stairs backward. Well, we can't really sit down here while she commits suicide, can we? Jordan followed, the phone pressed to his ear. She's right, he said. If one of us is going to get killed, it might as well be all of us. Hold up, Tiago shouted. We need to stick together. Come on then, Jordan said, and bring the potato masher with you. Nix, hold on, they're picking up. 
Nix paused at the top of the stairs. She slowly let out a breath when she saw Sarah, still alive, walking the hall and opening doors with the tip of her satanic fork. Hi, Dad, Jordan said in a casual tone. Can you come to the Hainsworth mansion right away? Yes, I know, but we have a bit of a problem here. No, Amy's at the neighbor's. Dad, will you listen to me? Someone broke into Sarah's house and killed her dog. We think he's still here and Sarah's gone to avenge her mutt. I tried. Sarah, it's not worth getting killed. Sarah moved further down the hall. For some reason, Nix kept imagining a red-headed man jumping out with a serrated kitchen knife. I'll try, Jordan said. Just get up here. He closed the phone and threw it at Tiago, who barely managed to catch it. Call your parents and see if they can get up here sooner. Tiago nodded. And if you're going to stay down there, Jordan continued, keep an eye on the doors. For all we know, there could be more of them outside. This thought had apparently not occurred to Tiago, and he stumbled away from the door in the direction of the knife drawer. Jordan bounded up the rest of the steps and joined Nix. He glanced at her umbrella. You realize, he whispered, the emotional wreck with tears blurring her vision is the only one with a real weapon? Nix adjusted her hold on the umbrella, and they both slowed to give Sarah a little more space. Whereas Sarah seemed to prefer the surprise method, Nix and Jordan turned on lights as they passed, calling out random threats to anyone who might be listening. My dad's on his way, and he's the sergeant of police, so you better give it up now. Nix thought that sounded like an invitation to kill them and run off before the cops arrived. Actually, our parents are downstairs, and they're coming up as soon as they find their guns. But Nix's lame threats didn't seem to matter. There was no sign of an intruder, and all the rooms appeared exactly as they had during the party. Then Sarah opened the next-to-last door and clapped her hand over her mouth. My room, she whispered into her palm. Jordan and Nix peered inside. Someone hit the light switch. For a moment, Nix was confused. Then she saw the white comforter with the design that had made her stomach turn earlier. This was indeed Sarah's room, but it was utterly unrecognizable as the place Nix had received her first major humiliation of the evening. It looked as if someone had picked up the room and shaken it like a snow globe. Drawers hung out of the dresser, contents strewn across the floor, the bed lay overturned on top of a desk, a broken computer monitor sat atop a pile of twisted furniture, folders and notebooks lay open. Was this some guy trying to get back at Sarah for not going out with him? Sarah pushed debris aside with her foot. Nix and Jordan stepped carefully after her. I must get the name of your burglar, Jordan said. He grabbed Nix for balance as he stepped over a broken bottle of nail polish. The acrid smell made Nix woozy. She picked up a book with bent and ripped pages. Matilda, one of Nix's favorites. Somehow the disrespect of quality literature seemed worse than a broken computer or splintered furniture. She placed the book on a bedside table and silently apologized to the late Rald Dahl. Sarah lifted a blanket and laid it aside. I don't understand how they got in. I'm sure I locked all the doors. Everyone seemed to be looking for the same thing. A place big enough to hide an avant-garde redecorator. Nix's eyes fell on the closet and a not-so-subtle fear writhed in her abdomen. Was he in there, waiting to spring? Nix crept to one side of the closet and motioned for Jordan to get on the other. Sarah didn't need any direction. She faced the closet with the fork like a blocker waiting for the football to be snapped. Nix's heart shook her whole body with each beat. Jordan mouthed, one, two, three. They wrenched open the folding doors. Sarah dropped her arms. Nix peeked into the closet. Empty. She almost laughed with relief. Jordan pushed a white lock of hair out of his eyes. They probably got out as soon as we dropped you off. They could be miles. Sarah put a finger to her lips. Jordan fell silent. A creak so soft, Nix wasn't even sure she'd heard it. The stairs, Sarah whispered. She hopped over an upside-down chair and bolted out the room. Jordan stumbled after her. Tiago, he's coming your way! 
At that point, Jordan smacked his shin on the same overturned chair and said something his father wouldn't have approved of. Nix found herself having to climb over the overturned mattress to get back to the door. Meanwhile, Jordan literally fell into the hall and half-crawled toward the stairs. Sarah's shrill voice echoed through the house. Don't let him escape! Tia! A crash sounded in the hallway, followed by a fit of screaming. Nix flew out of Sarah's room in time to see Jordan and Sarah collapse in a heap of flailing arms and legs. After a moment, the kicking and grunting subsided to be replaced by heavy breathing and exhausted giggles, mostly from Jordan. What the heck was that all about? Tiago said from the bottom of the pile. You almost stabbed me with that thing! Jordan extracted himself from the pile. We heard someone on the stairs. Yeah, it was me, coming up. He methodically felt his scalp as if looking for bumps. Then he held himself perfectly still, eyes turned upward, as if expecting his head to fall off any minute. Finally, he looked at Jordan. You're lucky I didn't hit you with that lamp, he pointed toward a pile of shattered porcelain. Nix couldn't help but laugh. Worn out from tension and suspense, she finally let her body relax. It looked like the intruder had managed to escape. She knelt next to Tiago. Nix moved down the hall to assist Sarah in the onerous task of nursing the boy model back to health. A breeze blew the hair away from her neck. Nix glanced into a darkened room and recognized the large window she'd opened that afternoon. The curtains billowed on either side, illuminated by the moonlight. Oh no. It was her fault the intruder got in. She'd left the window open. Now she remembered the shape she'd seen earlier moving in the bushes and the glint of reflected sun. Had the intruder been watching the house even then? Nix had practically laid out a welcome mat for him. It wouldn't have been easy to get up to the second story, but he'd had several hours to manage it, and it provided a perfect escape route as well. In fact, maybe he was still making his way down. If she hurried, she might catch a glimpse of him scaling the house or at least retreating into the woods. Nick stepped into the doorway, turned on the light, and pushed the door the rest of the way open. The heavy wood swung a few more inches and stopped with a soft thud. Although something in the back of her mind registered that the thud was a bad sound, far more compelling was the image in the full-length mirror across the room. Nix opened her mouth, but it was as if all the air had been sucked from the room. For a split second, she saw the fear in her own pale face as the masked figure on the other side of the door slammed it shut against her with brutal force, knocking her back into the hallway. The umbrella flew from her hand. Nix didn't even have time to yell a warning before her head hit the wall, and she crumpled to the floor.